This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Everyone needs more vacation, right? The new United Gateway card knows how to take you away with great travel rewards and no annual fee, ever. The wait for vacation is over. Tap now or visit unitedgatewaycard.com to apply. Everyone needs more vacation, right? The new United Gateway card knows how to take you away with great travel rewards and no annual fee, ever. The wait for vacation is over. Tap now or visit unitedgatewaycard.com to apply. Welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, Zarar. Sam is off. Uh, I believe he's attending his grade 9 graduation and his teenage dad is in town. So I believe that deserves a night off. Um, I'm here to recap the Raptors win over the Jazz. Uh, 130-110 was the final. But man, this was a blowout right from the start. Um, To the point where the Raptors were up by 40 at the half. And that has never happened before. Um... The, the the talking points, uh, I, supp- I suppose the game trended like this. Like the Raptors got up early. Uh, they built up a big lead in the first quarter. The second quarter was just more of an onslaught. Um, we'll talk about the individual performers in a bit. Up by 40 at the half. Uh, obviously, in the third quarter, you expect some sort of response from the Jazz. We got that. And I think they cut the lead down to like 19 at some point in the in the in the third quarter, and uh, you were kind of thinking, is this is this really going to be a game? Uh, and then, sure enough, uh, the Raptors starters got back in. Uh, they went on a couple of you know six nothing runs, which kind of built the lead back up to 23 24. Rondé Hollis Jefferson came in had a bit of an impact, uh, and then the fourth quarter was mostly garbage time uh, starting at about the I'd say seven eight minute mark so the Utah did threaten for a bit there but really being down by 40 um, at halftime is just too much to overcome Uh, and uh, some individual notes on this one I mean Marc Gasol who's been struggling with his offense throughout the season uh, he like his first quarter went like this he came in and he missed a wide open turnaround jumper and you're like okay it's more of the same from Gasol he's been doing a lot of other things but his offense hasn't really been there and that's when he decided to bring his offense and he hit a bunch of threes from outside uh, in the first quarter uh, he had uh, let me just check the scoreboard 11 points in the first quarter and I think that's all he scored he, he did not score after that again um, Pascal Siakam was unbelievable in, in, in the first half. Uh, he struggled in the last game on Friday night, but this one, he just backed down anybody who was guarding him. Uh, didn't see too many double teams from the Jazz, which was a little surprising because maybe they thought, um, I don't know, O'Neal or Gobert could kind of kind of handle him, but that was not the case. Uh, Siakam ended up with uh, 35 points on 14 for 22 shooting. Um, again, surprising from the Jazz early on not to not to counter him with a double team even after he got going. But hey, man, that was their strategy going in, and uh, they felt like you know as long as they kept the other Raptors down, they they might have a chance. But that wasn't the case. Fred VanVleet also had 21 points, a couple of big threes from down, uh, and uh, yeah, the Raptors just just uh, just just blew the Jazz out in the in the, in the first half. Um, 
And, and I think one thing to, to kind of note is how effective the Raptors are in generating offense in that right block when uh, Siakam is, is posting up in there. Uh, that's when, in this game, the Jazz had opportunities to maybe bring down Gobert on a double team, which they didn't. And Siakam is so smart. I mean, he knows when to turn left, when to turn right, when to kind of slip down and kind of go with the... Uh, with the, with like the the low layup he does there, um, he he just had it going on. So nothing much the Jazz could do about that. Uh, they went on a 23-2 run to open up a seventeen point lead, and then more runs to make it to forty. Um, and yeah, and, and that that was that was kind of the game. Uh, the, the second half was more of a formality, um, and 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 this was this was basically it. I, I I really thought I would start recording this podcast in the um, during halftime because that's how that's how done this game really was. Uh, some um, some talking points, maybe um, just to ju- just to um, you know just to round things off. Serge Ibaka came back after after an injury. Uh, this was his first game back. Looked a bit rusty, kind of aiming his shot early on. Uh, but as the game went on, he got more comfortable. He hit a couple of like leaners in there, which must have done uh, done well for his confidence. But overall, he looked like a guy who had been off, which is obviously expected. Uh, I think it was a good game for him to come back to with uh, with the Raptors, uh, you know, with Miami coming to town. Uh, Ed Davis was in the game. I, I feel like I need to mention this. I mean, Ed Davis is a former Raptor who, uh, at one point, uh, the Raptors franchise was thinking of, you know, like th- thinking of like Bosch and Davis as the twin towers. Uh, for those of the listeners who remember that, that that must have been, you know, some sort of. I don't know. It, when Ed Davis got introduced, I was like, "Oh man, remember Ed Davis and Chris Bosh? They were supposed to be our twin towers, like Duncan and Robinson. Remember those days? Remember? Remember? No. Good. Those those, those days are, are are long past us. Uh, so so I was thinking, like during garbage time, I was like, how hard your bench plays during garbage time is probably a proxy of how good of a team you are. And once the Raptors did empty the bench. Uh, you know, with Hernandez and Pons and um, uh, and, and and even uh, Boucher there, those guys were going at it, man. I mean, they they're so starved for minutes, any minutes that when any opportunity comes up, they just want to play hard. And the Jazz bench, on the other hand, the Jazz are a good team, but I mean, you could just see that the Raptors bench, like the garbage time people, like just were playing harder at that time. And I think that. That's that's kind of cool. Uh, I, I don't know how often we've seen that in this franchise's history, so uh, that was that was kind of cool. Um, and if you wanna, if you kind of wanna, uh, like an, another, uh, the game was basically over at halftime. And if you wanna see the only danger that the Raptors ever had in this game was like in that third quarter when the when the Jazz uh, cut the lead down to like you know under twenty. Uh, it was it was the Siakam sequence. He he ended the second quarter with a three, which which uh, made the lead 40 points. And at the end of the third quarter, he airballed a three, which made the lead 21 points. Um, That third quarter was probably just down to the Raptors just getting lackadaisical and being up by 40 and just not caring as much. Um, I almost felt like they were looking for Nick Nurse to call an early timeout in that third quarter just to settle them down. But maybe... Nurse was like, you know, it's forty points. I'm sure they'll set, they'll figure themselves out. They kind of didn't. Uh, you know, Donovan Mitchell went off. Uh, Conley went off. A, a lot of their three point shooting kind of came alive in that third quarter, which cut the lead down to like seventeen or whatever it was. Uh, but again, it, forty points is just too much for any team to overcome. Uh, so the Raptors kind of um, held on in the end. Um, 
couple of interesting points. Uh, Con- Conley and Gasol, I think this is the first time they've played since the whole uh, reshuffle in Memphis. And uh, Gasol and Conley apparently had dinner. And, uh, uh, you know, they were talking about, uh, you know, how Conley is getting a start in jazz and uh, and how deep their friendship is and all that. So that was kind of cool to hear um, how uh, Gasol kind of get told him that, you know, approach it as a fresh start, just like he did with Toronto and, and things might pay off. So that was kind of kind of cool to to listen to. Um, and yeah, man, th- there's not that much to be said here uh, besides the Raptors building a big lead and then just kind of slowly giving it back before shoring the, 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 the game up. It really is more of the same uh, from this Raptors team. Their defense, when they want it to be, is just so good, regardless of the personnel that are on the floor, that uh, it becomes suffocating for the other team. And it can even create a lead or bring them back anytime they want. And it's almost like a lever that they can pull whenever they want it. And that is a luxury that not many teams across the league have. Uh, and even today, you showed, like we, we saw that in that first half when Utah was just could not take care of the ball and the Raptors just pounced on them uh, on, on, on almost every occasion, every possession in that first and second quarter. Utah just found it really difficult to score. And and Fred Van Vliet has a lot to do with it. Like he's his hands are so active when guards are driving, when bigs are dropping down that he does wreak a lot of havoc and, and forces the defense or, or, or the offense to really think about what they're doing. And once his three-point shot is, is, is falling the way it is on the other end, He's also just a just a pressure release valve for your team that that just does wonders. Uh, I do also want to talk a little bit about Rondé Hollis Jefferson. He, uh, you know, before the whole injury situation, he was nowhere to be found, and now he's sort of found a place for himself in the rotation, in the late rotation, where you can go to him and you can you can expect certain levels of consistency. Today, I think he brought a level of physicality that others maybe didn't. Uh, there's this one play that I'd like to point to where in, in, in the in the fourth quarter or in the third quarter, I think it was when Nick Nurse, uh, when, when the Raptors kind of had their sort of backs against the wall when the Jazz were making their run. Uh, the starters weren't doing too much and he came in out of a timeout and he finished off a three-point play. I thought uh, uh, that play right there kind of gave the Raptors a sense of calm again, which was maybe missing in that third quarter. Uh, and then generally throughout the game, his level of physicality, his contest on the rebounds made a made a significant difference in this game. And it's hard to say like, you know, how much of a difference a, a guy can make in a, in a 40-point blowout at some points. But th- there were moments in this game where Rondé Hollis-Jefferson was was key to the Raptors' attack. So so good on him, a good offseason pickup uh, who's, who's kind of paying dividends right now. So that's that's obviously great to see. So up next for the Raptors, you got Miami on Tuesday night, Houston on Thursday night. Both are home games. And then you travel to Philly uh, where Joel Embiid and his zero points are waiting for us. Then there's a brief stop in Chicago on Monday night. That should be fairly routine before December 11th, which is Kawhi's return uh, to Toronto. So to recap this one, the Raptors win it uh, by a lot. 130, 110. Once again, they were up by 40 at the half. Not much else to be said here except a job well done. I did want to mention one play that happened in the first half. Uh, Mark Davis was one of the uh, refs in this game. And Bogdanovich was arguing a call, which he didn't get against uh, against a Raptor. And uh, he started complaining to Davis. Uh, but the Raptors uh, transitioned on the other end and uh, were on a fast break. Uh, Davis could have easily called a uh, technical at that point on uh, Bogdanovich, which he 
eventually ended up doing, but he waited for the Raptors to actually complete the play in transition, get the two points, and then nail them with a technical. Good officiating, as called out by uh, the broadcast crew as well. And it also reminded me a lot about uh, playing advantage in soccer, which happens all the time, where a ref will not call a foul until he sees the advantage that the other team has gotten play itself out. So I haven't seen that too often in the NBA, and good on uh, the broadcasting crew. I think it was Leo and Matt for uh, for calling that out. Uh, and good officiating by Mark Davis. Uh, I think the Zebras get a lot of... Uh, a lot of flack sometimes, and that was an instance of uh, of some good refereeing. Uh, at the same time, man, there were some instances when the Jazz were making that run where they called a couple of fouls, which were just like not fouls. Like one was on a three-point play or an, on a three-point shot that uh, I think against Mitchell it was, and the other was against Jeff Green, who just flailed at uh, at Ibaka and, uh, and drew two drew like two free throws when when the when the Jazz were making their run. So, you know, refs, uh, plays happen both ways. But one instance that I did see was uh, was Mark Davis called that uh, excellent technical on Bogdanovich, who was being a bit of a bit of a bitch. And uh, with that, we'll wrap up the Raptors reaction podcast. Uh, once again, the Raptors win 130-110. Uh, see you after the Miami game. Support for this episode is brought to you by Mrs. Myers. A delightfully clean home can make for a delightful start to the day. At Mrs. Myers, everything we make is inspired by the garden. With plant-derived ingredients, our cleaning products work like the Dickens, leaving your home sparkly clean and your to-do list tackled in no time. So bring a little bit of the outside inside your four walls and bask in the wonder of a garden from the comfort of home. Mrs. Myers, rooted in goodness. Shop now at MrsMyers.com. The Medicare annual election period deadline is almost here. I'm Meredith Vieira, here with examples of people who started their search for coverage at MyHealthPolicy.com. Meet Larry. He likes doing things online, so he started at MyHealthPolicy.com. I took my time and found the coverage I was looking for, and done. Next is Mary. When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plans, so I called MyHealthPolicy.com and done. Switch to a better plan. And Michael. I met with a local licensed insurance agent face-to-face and done. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to compare top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including $0 premium plans, or call 1-800-GO-START. That's 1-800-GO-START. Meredith Vieira is a paid endorser. KF Agency operates MyHealthPolicy.com, not connected with or endorsed by the U.S. government or the federal Medicare program. A licensed insurance agent may call.